Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the adult human body has 206 bones. Did you know that 52 of them, one-fourth of the total, are found in your feet? And if you happen to be moving that foot without shoes, without watching where you're going, and you stub your toe, the impulse from the nerves in your toe will travel to your brain at 300-some feet per second. And you know what happens next. Your entire body responds. Your heart rate ratchets up. Your, your diaphragm <gasps> draws in a sudden breath. Your knee pulls up and your hands reach down. And, and your tongue, well, you struggle to keep your tongue from saying something it shouldn't. One little misstep, one little injury that probably did no damage, and all the other members of your body are affected. Have you considered lately what a wonder it is that we have so many different ways to perceive, experience, study, and judge the things that surround and that come to us, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and, and that they are all seamlessly integrated in the marvelous processor that is our brain. You sit down to dinner and you see the colors and the textures of the meal in front of you. You hear the sizzle and smell a rich combination of meat and spice and onions and garlic. You taste a bouquet and a glass of wine. You feel the heat rising from the dish that is fresh from the stove. Or watch your favorite sport on TV and consider the amazing feats that professional athletes can accomplish using nothing more than the strength and skill of their finely tuned bones, nerves, and muscles. Or just ponder the next time that you get up from the couch and shuffle to the kitchen. How many muscles and joints that you are using without even giving it a thought each one carefully coordinated to keep you from falling to the floor and to, to move you where you want to go and open the refrigerator and take out the bottle and put it on the counter and close the refrigerator and take a drink. All of these things you do without even thinking about how wonderful it is that you can do them. Our bodies are marvels of divine engineering. Somewhat ironically, we often become most aware of this only when something goes wrong. A muscle aches, a bone breaks, a joint creaks, an organ fails, cells reproduce wildly contrary to their purpose, eyes or ears stop telling us what they used to when we were younger. David wrote in Psalm 139, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And we can and should offer the Lord the same thanks and glory. Even the creakiest and weariest of us are wonderfully made and can do amazing things. It's such a wonder that any one of you could stand in front of a full-length mirror and honestly declare to yourself, you have a great body. Today's reading from 1 Corinthians 12, is a mirror of another sort. 
that gives you as the church the chance to take a look, be amazed, and also say, you have a great body. Listen again as we read 1 Corinthians 12, 21, or 12 to 21, 26, and 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free people, and we were all caused to drink one Spirit. Furthermore, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it does not on that account cease to be part of the body. If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it does not on that account cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Now God has arranged the members in the body, each and every one of them as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You are the body of Christ. Individually, you are members of it. That last verse states it quite clearly, even unequivocally. This is who you, all of us together are, the body of Christ. And this is who you, each of us individually, are, an essential member of the body of Christ. How did this happen? It was not anything that you did or chose. It was all God's doing and choosing. By one Spirit, we all were baptized into one body. The faith that the Holy Spirit worked in you through the Gospel joined you with the body and gave you your place in it. And that same powerful Gospel sustains and strengthens the faith that keeps you in it. And it's not just generic I believe in God and being nice to people, faith that makes you a part of Christ's body. It is full trust in Jesus for your salvation and in Him alone. This involves confessing that you are a guilty sinner and rebel against God's will, deserving nothing from Him but death and hell. And along with that, humbly admitting that there is nothing that you yourself can do to remove your sin or somehow make yourself holy or even just a little bit holier in God's eyes. It requires setting aside trust in any and every other God and religion or charm or philosophy and relying on the Lord alone. And most essentially, this faith that makes you part of Christ's body, the church, is counting on what Jesus did for you and for all of us to save us from sin, death, and the devil and to secure for us eternal life with Him in heaven. That He lived a perfect life for us and then He willingly sacrificed that life for us to suffering and death on the cross. And then, having done finished all that was necessary, He rose from the dead on the third day and sealed His victory for us.
This grace of God in the work of His Son is what you believe and are saved by. And this gospel is active in His Word and in baptism and in the Lord's Supper to not only give forgiveness, life, and salvation, but also to bring you and keep you in the body of Christ. And this body and your place in it is wonderful. And it gives each of us our identity. We are not the sinners we used to be. And we are not people of the world like everyone around us. Our priorities are Christ's priorities. We see other people as Jesus sees them. We are not led by the desires of our flesh, but strive to do all that our Father desires. We don't have to hyphenate or qualify or clarify with added adjectives or definitions. We are Christians. We are new creatures in Christ, children of the Heavenly Father. And that is all we need to know about who we are. And joined together by the Holy Spirit, we form something amazing and powerful, a great body. So having recognized that, let's also appreciate it. After all, the Son of God considered it a body to die for. If He did that, then we will certainly cherish and treasure both the church and our church. We can apply Paul's words here both to the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, what we sometimes call the invisible church because it is defined by faith in the heart which cannot be seen. And we can apply these words to the local congregation, what we call the visible church because it is made up of people with flesh and blood bodies joining an observable group and often meeting in a physical building. Both cases, the body of Christ we belong to is a gift and a privilege. It is a wonder to have been brought into it despite our sins, failings, and weaknesses. And it is an even greater wonder. God has given each of us roles to play within it. No matter who we are and no matter what we do or do not bring to the table. So when we pray our prayers and sing our hymns, we want to be careful not to forget to, to give thanks for what Paul reminds us of so directly and vividly here. That we have a great body, the body of Christ. It is a treasure of inestimable value, a family of incredible love, and, and a gift that we will always want to receive with wonder and enjoy every day. And not taking a body for granted also means then that, that, that we use it as we should. We, we exercise it. This means that we make sure the body as a whole is active in what it was called to do and, and that each one of us members also takes the gifts that we have been given and, and every member has one or more gifts as we learned last week and we put them to work for the good of the body and to further the mission of the church in the community and in the world. Our theme this ministry year has been 
the family of God. And the body of Christ is another beautiful and vivid way of expressing many of the same truths about our connection to the Lord and our relationship with each other. One of the particularly powerful aspects of this body imagery is the essential and unavoidable nature of these connections. Just as a hand can't just decide that it's not going to be part of the body, no member of Christ's body can just choose not to participate. The only choice is to do what you have been designed and called to do or to fail to do it. And anyone who has ever tried to stand on a leg that has fallen asleep or has dealt with an organ that has stopped doing its job knows that the whole body suffers when one part chooses not to do its job. Simply put, we need each other. And we need each other to do our jobs if our body is going to be the great body the Spirit intends it to be, doing the things that the Spirit has called us to do. So as members, we go to work and we put our body to work. We, we nourish and care for it as we nourish and care for ourselves. A, a steady diet of the means of grace, eliminating all the junk food of, of human wisdom and competing religions and philosophies and regular exercise through service. We come together to worship, not just for the sake of our individual neat souls, but also because this is one of the, the primary functions of our body. Because each member's presence here, each time we worship, is an encouragement to each and every other member. We also nurture our body with fellowship with potlucks and shared service, with praying for each other, with listening and lending a shoulder to cry on or, or muscles to lift. And we love the other members of our body, forgiving as we have been forgiven in Christ, offering healing where there has been hurt, and serving as we have the opportunity to serve. No one excuses himself by saying, oh, well, I don't have the gifts of that person. I don't have the responsibilities of that person. I don't have the time that person has. So I guess God has no plan or purpose for me here. Whatever your gifts, whatever your role, you step up and do what you have been uniquely blessed and given and equipped to do. Giving, serving, voting, building, mowing, shoveling, salting, praying, teaching, leading, listening, loving, singing, playing, calculating, typing, clicking, switching, greeting, ushering, cooking, cleaning. This is the body at work. And each member is essential to its working right and working well. So rejoice in it and go to work. This is our privilege in Christ. And we will always be finding new joys and wonders in this great body that, that we've been given and made a part of. 
Do you know what the interstitium is? I can't even be absolutely sure I'm pronouncing it right. It's an organ in the human body that you may have never heard of. And that's because it was not really discovered until last year. And here scientists thought that they knew every bit of the body for generations already. It was kind of hiding in plain sight between the skin and other organs. And now that it's been identified, there are all sorts of things that that knowledge can help with, like better understanding certain diseases and and giving new approaches to healing and health. The lesson there is that we never want to get comfortable thinking that we know and appreciate everything there is to know and appreciate. This is even more true of the body of Christ. Who knows what new wonders God has in store as we discover new gifts or use ones that we were familiar with in new ways or as new members are brought in with new gifts and and new opportunities that they present. God has wonderfully and wisely arranged the body and all of us in it for our good and for the Gospel. This is an exciting truth. Not just some dry doctrinal fact that makes no difference for our lives. Treasure this. Rejoice in this. And put it to work. We have a great Lord and Savior. So you have a great body. Praise the Lord. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.